0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See eBayMotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. you don't have that like bookmarked at oh, the top of your I mean, top could. of your chrome? Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Stop me if you heard this one before. The Rich Eisen Show. Garoppolo not there. Foot surgery. Let me tell you what it's all about. Do you know who the Raiders' new part owner is? Tom Brady. Hey! Today's guests, 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey, Ravens head coach John Harbaugh, from the new film Fast X, actor Alan Richson, and now it's Rich Eisen. Hey everybody, welcome to this Friday edition of the Rich Eisen Show before Memorial Day weekend here in Los Angeles, California, and around the United States, and let's just say around the world, because people check us out on all of our videos through social media and whatnot, and of course, the Roku channel. It is free on all Roku devices. Select Samsung Smart TV. We are free on Amazon Fire TV. We are free on the Roku app, because the Roku channel's on it. And then there's something called the Internet Tubes, the Rokuchannel.com. We are free. Hello to our terrestrial radio audience, Sirius XM, Odyssey, and more. Uh, and our podcast listeners, we appreciate you listening whenever you don't well. please. It's your right um to give your eardrums whatever they want whenever they want it it's odd that i'm referring to eardrums as actual living beings but that's the way we're kicking off this friday show how are you chris brockman good to see you over there i'm great good to see you over there jay (laughs) felly how are you sir what's up tj jefferson candles lit how are you today sir good good morning good 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 morning to you as well um look um i i i say this all the time one of the many things I love about this show is we, we get to bring people together through sports. And that's something that I think uh, many of us have talked about um, with friends or with relatives or certainly Thanksgiving where you can't stand uh, maybe a relative right across the way from you. But uh, you root for the same team. So you come together when you're in a, a, a stadium, you're uh, an arena or a bar. And um, you're rooting for the same team, but then you might find out later uh, you have completely different political views, different views of the world. But sports brings people together, a collective. And interesting, however, though, sometimes sports um, uh, is filled with spite, filled with that sort of spiteful thing. For instance, uh, I adore this man and I greatly appreciate him. In many different ways. Known him for quite some time. But um, I reluctantly start this program with a happy Chris Brockman. And his Celtics smelling 2004 all over again. My son. My son. My wife and youngest son. They adore the Boston Celtics. Oh baby! Adore the Boston Celtics. <laughs> I what's the words for? it? Do not <laughs> having Larry Bird rip out my heart and show it to me pumping and and, and 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 Robert Parish and Kevin McHale. Yeah. Kevin McHale looking straight out of the Munsters, but just ripping my heart out <laughs> and showing it to me pumping while ML Carr's on the bench waving the towels. Yeah. I don't know why I hate Jerry Sheesting to this day. I don't know who that is. Guess what? (laughs) He was some guy who played like five minutes for those championship Celtics. Hated them all. Hated them all. You left Bill Walton. One thing I hate more are Red Sox fans. (laughs) I don't like them. The feeling's mutual. I don't like them. I don't like them at all. And the fact... That they have forevermore. What, in all honesty, Carolina fans have over Duke fans forevermore. 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 Duke fans. They gave an L to Coach K in his final home game in Cameron Indoor. And then, a couple weeks later, ended his career in the Final Four. Personally, dispatched him out of Cameron with an L and then into uh, NBA consultancy with an L. 2004. I don't want to talk about it. I hate it. It's the worst thing ever. Yankees up 3-0 on the ALCS, and the Red Sox come back and win it. Four games to three. My misery. You're a pure delight, Chris. Right? Correct? Yeah? Uh, The greatest of all time. I remember exactly what I was doing, all of those games. And so here we are. In 2023, I'm just going about my business watching the NBA playoffs. That's all I'm doing. And you know what? Heat being up three games to none, I'm not sitting here and being spiteful saying I want you guys to lose. I honestly did not care if you advanced to the NBA finals or not. Honestly. No skin off my nose. And I normally do like a series to go six, seven games. So this thing going six, seven games, uh, I didn't care. But now I see the 2004 <laughs> <now>. shades again. <laughs> oh, the Red Sox did it to the Yankees. So now the Celtics can do it to the Heat. And here we are sitting here on the Friday before Memorial Day weekend. And the Celtics have taken three shots from the Heat, and they're still alive. And here we are on this Friday And without question, the Celtics feel like they're up three games to two going down to Miami to wrap up this series. Without a doubt, it feels that way to me and any other human being that can fog up a mirror. It sure looks like the Heat are finished. Gabe Vincent in street clothes. And the Celtics making threes. The, The rim that was as... Oval as any rim in any one of those pop-up carnivals that you see that takes your money because you can't make your shots because there's no way the ball actually fits in that rim. You ain't winning that prize for your sweetheart. (laughs) Now that that thing's as wide as, uh, you know, those tunnels from the big dig days (laughs) back when the Red Sox sucked and everything was fine. Okay. Back when Tip O'Neill was strolling into cheers. Tip O'Neill. Okay. <laughs> and the Red Sox were cursed. All right. I don't like it. Smells like 04. Isn't that funny how sports normally brings people together, TJ? But today, I don't feel that way. No. I don't. You feel a divide? Hey, Rich, I just want to give you a heads up. Yes, I sir. I tried to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to tell you. Also, uh, yeah. maybe maybe Miami shouldn't let A Rod and Jeter at the game. Oh, jeez. On this Saturday night. Guy. I'm just saying. This guy. Don't let him in the game. This guy. Okay? That guy. That guy over there. Just saying. Maybe keep them out. Why don't you just leave the Yankees out of this? Why? <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Hey, you have about. to wear that your whole life. All oh, 27 championships. Who cares? You blew a 3-0 lead. Old Mo is wearing a leprechaun hat. Old Mo is 1,000% wearing a Celtics uniform right now. I don't know what the hell happened. The Celtics woke up before game four saying, don't, don't let us win one, which is what Kevin Millar said back in the day, which uncorked that 2004 genie from the bottle that was dead and buried. I wasn't thinking about it at all. I was just walking around my life. Hey, how you doing, TJ? Hey, how you doing, Jay Felly? Hey, Hey, what's going on, everybody? Hey, Hey, it's time for the Rich Eisen Show. Let's go talk some sports. Hey, we have Phil Nicholson. Hey, Hey, let's talk sports and entertainment. And then all of a sudden, 2004 comes out of nowhere in a basketball series that I have no desire to talk about it. So here we go, Eric Spolster. You got a plus one now. Interestingly enough, twice before. This has happened. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta say this. I'm sorry, Chris. It's just the way I'm feeling right now. No, it's okay. I understand. It's okay. It's, it's happened twice before. I took a shot of it on the Sports Center uh, TV screen last night. They had this stat. Uh, did what? you see this one last night? I did not. Is it the 3-0 team on the Van Pelt. No, no. Hold on a second. No. On the Van Pelt Sports Center. Here it is. I took a screenshot of it. Um, twice, teams trailing 3-0 in an NBA playoff series. Won games four and five by 10 or more points. Oh. The 2007 Bulls did it on Detroit. And the 1999 Sonics did it against the Bulls. How about that? And that, I think that was a game NBA Finals. That'd be right. That Sonics was, versus the Bulls? Wait, 99? 96. Oh, 96 this was, the like, NBA, was the NBA Finals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Twice before. Teams, mm-hmm. let me repeat it down 3 0. Okay. in an NBA series, won games four and five to make it three games to two okay. by winning those games by double digits, ten or more points, just like the Celtics just did. The 2007 Bulls in the 1996 Sonics did not force a game
1: seven. I would say they got
0: smoked in game six, right? Game six did not go their way. So, hanging my hat on that. Take the 2004 Red Sox and put it back in the genie and bury it forever. where I don't have to hear about it anymore. But I'll tell you what, Eric Spolstra, he was going out. I knew it. As soon as that game was over, here come the press conferences from the Heat saying, we're the ones up 3-2. We're going home. We've got this thing. Celtics have shot the lights out. They haven't turned it over as much. I get it. Everybody's making threes. You can say it all you want, but do you actually believe it? It's time, Jimmy Butler. I need the guy who was mockingly calling timeout. I need that guy to show up in game six. Here was Jimmy Butler after the game five loss on Thursday night.
1: We just got to play better, Um, start the games off better on the starters, Um, make it more difficult for them. They're in a rhythm since the beginning of the game, but we're always going to stay positive knowing that we can and we will win this series. And we'll just have to close it out at home. Oh, boy.
0: Uh, I need the Jimmy Butler who's saying I'm not the guy, I'm probably not the guy who should be talked to. Wow. Because this sure feels like it's 2004 all over again. For I can you. feel it. <laughs> it feels like 2004 all over again in the NBA. and. I will just warn, because the Miami Heat, these Heat, are the plucky Heat that barely made the playoffs. They're an eighth seed that is playing with piles of house money. Piles of house money. And if any of them can sit there and think for even a split second, oh, well, is a hell of a run. I would just warn you, I'm sitting here in 2023, 23, <laughs> when those Yankees in 04 had multiple trophies in the case, multiple trophies in the case, a dynastic team in 04 getting swept like that. And I'm hearing it unexpectedly 19 years later. I don't care how great, coach and he is eric spolster is he does not want this on his resume none of them do none of them do when i say it let me just one more time none of you do your best win game six talk about a must win game by a team up three games to two this is one of them they're rare but we have one so wipe that smug look off your face I will be so obnoxious on Tuesday <laughs> if we come back and win this. I'm just giving you guys forewarning <laughs> okay. right now. All right, there we go. Very good. We have been so warned. Please, Miami, let's go. Here we go. Honestly. I mean, I'm going to channel TJ circa 96. I've never. I'm going ch- to. Uh, honestly. <laughs> oh, I was on top of the world. Life was good. <laughs> so there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> Off and running. Oh, uh, we've got some great guests. Um, We've got um, John Harbaugh, the Ravens, middle of the show. Oh, heard of him. Lots to talk about with him. That new kickoff, uh, fair catch rule. I'm sure he's not very happy with it. Obviously, Lamar's in the fold. What will that offense look like? I think it's going to be good. So that is, uh, as you know, when I gave my top five mysteries post-draft going into the NFL season, what the Ravens offense looks like is number two on that list. Number one was how will the Jets look like with Rodgers. And so uh, Harbaugh joins us middle of the show. Hour number three. Admittedly, one of the toughest two shots of my career is coming up. (laughs) Rich Alan Richson, who is uh, Jack Reacher on uh, uh, Prime Video and also in the new Fast X film that's currently in theaters nationwide. He's coming in here. And um, I might have more body fat in my left pinky <laughs> than it's, this gent. It's going to be. Okay. We'll show some pictures before. All right. just to, we'll All see right. what you're getting okay. yourself into. Okay. Uh, but our first guest is Christian McCaffrey, and there's lots to talk about with him, obviously. Uh, He's with a the little jack, too. The 49ers. There's so much always going on with the 49ers. Um, but Bert Kreischer was on this program last Friday. The uh, star of The Machine that's in theaters near you nationwide today. Premiere last night here in Los Angeles. Um, He told this story about meeting Christian McCaffrey after one of his performances. (laughs) Not McCaffrey's, Burt's. Here's a story. We showed the picture of the after party? Yeah, from, from <laughs> these guys uh, down in uh, the I Super Bowl. Totally yeah. forgot about it. I got real drunk <laughs> and cornered, <laughs> cornered Christian McCaffrey. And I was drunk and I go, oh hey, gosh. do you think
1: I could catch you? And uh, he goes, what? I said, in this room, $10,000, if I can catch you. And he was like, what are you talking about? To I Christian
0: would, McCaffrey. Yeah. Uh-huh. I said,
1: just in this room. It's like you know, 20 by 30 by 30. I said, give me 20 minutes. Do you think I'd ever catch you, catch you and hold you down? Mm hmm. He's like, hey, man,
0: there are dudes that are 10 times more athletic you can train all year and can't catch me. <laughs> he goes, I don't think you can catch me. I go, you want to try? He's like,
1: what kind of party is this turning into?
0: <laughs> that has currently been seen over one and a half million times on Instagram reels alone. Kids dig it on the TikTok apparently as well. So rare to be able one week later. That was last Friday. This Friday, we're about to get Christian McCaffrey's point of view of that story. Fantastic. That's next. Don't you dare move. 844-204-RICH, also the number to dial right here on this edition of The Rich Eisen Show. Christian McCaffrey, when we return. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung. And that means spring cleaning, or at least Rich Eisen Show Radio Network back on the air, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. One of the best in the National Football League joining us from the San Francisco backfield, courtesy of the Logan Project, which I cannot wait to learn more about. Christian McCaffrey back here on The Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Christian?
1: Rich, what's going on, man? I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I'm great, thank you. I was just uh opining, as I like to say, uh, with my uh my Roku audience and I'll bring it here to the to the radio audience, about you running the drills at the Combine, the passing drills. You were the best receiver that day as as well as the running back as well. What do you recall from the from the Combine back in the day, Christian?
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that. It's the uh, truth. You know, the, the the combine is such a whirlwind of a week. Uh, you know, you're you're being tested every single step you take. You know, it's, it's about four days of meetings where you're being quizzed, you're being asked questions about defenses and blocking schemes and this and that for you know all all the 32 NFL teams. Then you have psych tests, and those take you know a couple hours. Um, they're kinda of always walking you somewhere, so you're on your feet all week, you don't sleep a lot, and then, you know, you, you walk into the stadium where there's, you know, about a hundred people in the stands plus, you know, then you get the coaches section and then you gotta go perform. So I just remember it being a very long week and then by the end of the week I was like, Man, I'm I'm happy that's done. I think I was mad at my time. Um, but I think I did, you know, well and all the other stuff. But I just remember it being a really long week and I don't know if they do that now. I don't know if it's as grueling oh, as yeah. it used to be, but it they still, still is. do it? Yeah, they still do it. And
0: no there's no I mean the days are long, the the week is long. Were you were you ever questioned about your toughness, your ability to run between tackles by any teams when they were talking to you about being a bell cow? Was that brought up to you in any of these conversations during your evaluation period, Christian?
1: Uh, you know, I think it—it it actually wasn't, uh, and I think it's because of the offense that I, you know, was, was in at Stanford. Right. Um, I think in those two years, I ran, you know, I ran, you know, between the tackles more than any back, and so that was part of the reason why I went to Stanford, and I was so grateful for Coach Shaw and and really that whole team. You know, we, I, I got lucky and played on such a good team, and there were so many good players on that team. We had a great O line. We had great receivers who took pride in blocking. So it was a super fun experience for me. And, yeah, like like I said, I ran a lot in between the tackles. So, you know, if they were to question it, it was probably something to get under my skin and see how I would respond to it. But there was so much tape of me running power and inside zone mm-hmm. and tra- trap and all these different runs. So um, there was a little bit less questioning than I would have thought. Is your What's your
0: first football memory, Christian? What's your first one? <laughs>
1: First football, I, I fell in love with the game. I was seven years old. Um, I'll never forget it. We were playing in the Super Bowl at Regis Jesuit High School on the, on the lower field. But to us, it was everything. It was a blizzard. We were playing against Cherry Creek, and they had smacked us earlier that year um, and went into double overtime. And they threw like a double pass, and I batted it down. We win the game. And I just remember the parents storming the field. You know, it felt like there was confetti coming down. It was a blizzard and all these different things. Our coach got kicked out of the game. It was one of those ones. And uh, I remember physically crying and thinking how awesome this moment was, seven years old. That Little League team, I got to give my guys some props. We went on. Never lost a game after that, all the way up until eighth grade. We stuck together, and a lot of those guys are still my best friends today. So, no I kidding. Had a great introduction to football. Oh, yeah. Parker Hawks, man.
0: No kidding. Oh, yeah. What no, about, absolutely. what, what about like locker room, professional locker rooms and things of that nature? Um, you know, Christian, any, any memories of that at all? Or it just the time he didn't match up because you were still just a baby when your dad was still playing?
1: At all you know I I don't remember the football much I think since you know as we got older all of all my brothers and myself we loved watching my dad's tube and look up all these different you know that that was always really cool but I think as a kid I remember playing power Rangers in the locker room with, with Shannon sharp and with Rob Smith and trell Davis and all these different guys and uh, me and my brother when we were going to the locker room we would we would see who could stick their head in the ice tub the longest, and, and, you know, get the protein bars from the training staff, and you used to think those were the best things ever. So little things like that I remember, man, that bring back some great memories. You know, I was very fortunate to to grow up in a locker room where, you know, they were winning, and and be around some professionals, and kind of see see what it was like from a young age.
0: So, did you ever stick your head in the ice in the ice tub, and then take your head out and see Mike Shanahan staring at you, going, "What the hell's going on?" Here, kid? <laughs> did that ever happen? No. That ever no, happen?
1: I'm sure I'm sure there were multiple people wondering what was going on, but no, I never saw never saw him.
0: Christian McCaffrey here on the Rich Eisen show. It, does it blow your mind that you're you're playing in the Bay Area professionally for Shanahan? I mean, it, like it was meant to be, Christian. It's kind of crazy if you think about it, right?
1: Yeah, you know, it, it, it is. It's it's very cool. You know, it all comes full circle. I think I think for me, you know, I try to keep it as business professional as possible, um, and I know he does too, and I know the whole staff does. But it's not just you know Kyle. I mean, Brian Greasy threw passes to my dad, Anthony Lynn had Bobby Turner was Terrell Davis' running running back coach and all these Howard Griffith and all these guys, and they won Super Bowl. So he was running back coach when my dad was on the team. You know, you got the Kubiak connection, uh, multiple Kubiaks on the team. There's so many people who, you know, have gone down that lineage of, of you know, what you'd call the Shanahan tree that uh, makes it really special. So, you know, for me, it's uh, – It's been cool just to learn from all these guys, you know. And like I said, I I, everybody keeps it professional and keep it loose, but it is it is special, man. It's it's funny how it all comes full circle. And being in those meetings is is you know it's impressive and it's very fun to to be able to learn from all these different perspectives. That there's so much knowledge that's been passed down generation to generation. So um yeah I'm, I'm very fortunate and lucky to be
0: here you know in sports christian you you hear the phrase um you know you gotta execute you gotta you gotta it, the game's not played on paper we gotta we gotta go ahead and execute and make it happen so i i understand that that is the the usual thing you you hear when when a, a question like the one i'm about to ask you hits but i just remember when you got traded to the niners i thought to myself oh god like for the rest of the league, don't let that really happen. Like, can th- this would be bad for the rest of the league because of the system and the rest of the players around it and you going there. I know you have to execute, but it feels like a perfect fit, and I'm wondering your perspective of having been there for just a few games and now having a full season ahead of you, of many, there. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely excited. You know, like you said, it's a great fit for me. It's a great fit for... Really, any skill player. Um, it's a great fit for O linemen too. I mean, the scheme is so fun. It's so, it's sustainable. It's worked forever. And uh, you know, I am going to say you still have to execute it, but <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a lot of fun being able to be surrounded by, you know, guys like George Kittle and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and Trent Williams, Juwan Jennings. You know, there's a there's a great backfield. Elijah Mitchell who's a great back. Uh, Jordan Mason, titans which all, the, all these guys who you know, Kyle Juicecheck, who's you know one of the best guys I've been around. All these guys, man, and then and then add that defense on top of it, and then add the staff that we have. It's 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 exciting, you know. It really is exciting, and I feel like as as a football nerd and as a fan of the game, I have fun going into work every day, just learning so much. And uh, it is nice being able to have an offseason under my belt where I can get you know comfortable with the details and. Um, the things beyond the X's and O's that, uh, you know, I'm not learning game plan to game plan. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely excited to be here and, obviously, and uh, be surrounded by all these guys.
0: Yeah, and obviously Sam Donald, who you played with in Carolina, is there now. Uh, Lance coming back from an injury. We saw what Purdy was able to do, and he's coming back uh, as well. So I'll ask you the same question I've asked folks like Kittle and everyone else who's come here is, how do you go about your business knowing that there's kind of an evaluation at the quarterback spot and you liking all of them? Clearly. You know, like how do you go about your business on that front, Christian?
1: You just go about your business. You know, for me I, I no matter who the quarterback is, I have to get open. You know, I'm not thinking about the quarterback. I'm thinking about getting open, hitting the right holes, doing my job. Otherwise, you know, it doesn't matter. I you know, so I think and I think everybody has that mentality. It's it's do your job, do it at the highest level. I'm not a quarterback evaluator. I'm not a people ask me all the time, how's the quarterback I'm like I dude I have no idea. I don't I don't know mechanics. I have you know, no idea how to evaluate quarterbacks. But what I do know is all three of them are amazing. All three of them are great options. You know, I talk about Brock and what he did last year. And um, not not just how he played, but the way he carried himself. And he's, he's built to be quarterback in this league. Talk about Trey. I didn't get to play with Trey last year, but from what I've seen so far, Trey's been great. You know, he's been awesome. And, and obviously I've played with Sam, and I know what Sam can do. And seeing all the things that, it, that he's been doing, this OTAs too, I think – for us, it's nice knowing that we have three great options, and you know, like I said, I don't know who the quarterback's going to be, and frankly, my job is just to be as ready to go as I can for whoever it is. But I just know that um, you know we're in we're in good hands no matter what, and I pray to God I don't have to play quarterback again.
0: <laughs> but you've got a hell of a, <laughs> a, a passer rating, though, Christian. Heck of a passer rating. on yeah. that
1: Yeah. Well, you know? yeah. I mean, I uh, it, I had a throw in the Philly game one of the worst. Might have been one of the worst plays in my career. I told myself if George wasn't open, I'm going to throw this ball as far as I possibly can. I can't run it. And, uh, yeah, I threw it about 50-something yards to absolutely nobody. But (laughs) that's all right. (laughs) Hey, you
0: know, uh, it's a team game, clearly. Uh, Christian McCaffrey (laughs) here on the Rich Eisen Show. A couple more football questions, then we'll we'll hit uh, the Logan project. Um, So... when i've had uh, many uh, offensive players from the 49ers on over the last few years they have a story where Kyle Shanahan says uh this play's going to go for a touchdown throughout the week we're, we're run it at a certain time this play's going for six have you had an experience like that with Kyle yet Christian where so he where he comes he, up with a play and he's like we execute it this is going big and then oh, it do- yeah, and then I mean, it does think, you got one of them
1: yeah i think i think one of the one of the best things as a player is when you know that your coach has confidence and I think when when you sit in those meetings and you really understand the scheme not just your job but you you start to find out that there's a purpose behind every play and when you know that purpose and you're able to understand what the scheme's trying to do and how it's supposed to set up other things it makes it so much fun playing football because you you know you know what you know what Kyle's thinking and Kyle you know, is trying to get us to know what he's thinking because, like I said, the, sch- the scheme's worked. <laughs> you know, it's worked for a really long time. You know, I think it's the most sustainable scheme that there is. And so um, it's up to the players to execute it because, uh, you know, in my, in my opinion, when, when he does say, yeah, this is going to be a big play, I think mm-hmm. everybody perks up because they know that it, it, it could be real
0: and then you know you're 26 christian i'll tell you any details out of school the nfl uh writ large appears to think of uh, a shelf life for running backs being age 30 um you know and austin eckler approaching that right now he's a pre- premier touchdown maker in this league as you know um he had to twist some arms to get even some incentives out of the chargers prior to the summer uh how do you view the running back position and how the league views that position christian
1: Oh, you know, no one's asked me this question yet, but I do have opinions on it. You know, I think um, I think when you look in, the, in in history and you look at uh, what the running back position has meant to football, uh, they touch the ball more than anybody. And I look at guys are like Emmitt Smith and Barry Sanders and, and some of the best to ever do it, man. And these guys played, they didn't they didn't just play a long time, but they played well for a long time. And, uh, you know, I look at Derrick Henry as another example. Derrick Henry's older than nine. I mean, Guys, done nothing but produce. Um, I look at what you know Saquon Barkley brings to the Giants. I look at what Josh Jacobs brings to the Raiders, and Austin Eckler, all, all these backs. I mean, I could name Dalvin Cook. All, all these backs around the league who have done you know so many amazing things for their team. They've been clutch. Um, they carry the ball. They catch the ball out of the backfield. They provide you know multiple threats. They they have to you know they create mismatches. Uh, they make defensive coordinators think. And I think there's a lot of value to that. And somewhere along the line, you know, the running back position has been undervalued, in my opinion, for what they're asked to do. And I think there's a lot of guys that are afraid to speak up about that, but you know, for multiple reasons. But, um, you know, I don't know when the value of a yard got diminished. And, you know, I'm, I'm for everybody getting paid. I love when guys, you know, earn money and, and are able to feed Feed their families and have you know life-changing, generational-changing money. That's it's such a, such a special thing because we all work really hard and um, it's fun, man. It's a blessing, it really is. And so, when I look at what you know receivers make and fuck receivers make around the league, and then you look at what running backs make, you know we're 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 at the bottom of the list. And and you know you got backs who <laughs> had two thousand yard seasons. You had backs who've had 750 to 800 yards receiving, and you know a lot of people use the injury, um, the injury argument. But and you know I don't I don't know if that's necessarily valid when you look at some of the receivers who have been hurt who still get big contracts. And so I understand we touch the ball the most, but in my opinion, I think we create a lot of value in doing so as well. So there's there's a lot of arguments multiple ways, but I definitely think somewhere along the line. The, uh, the franchise tag and what the market did to the running back position, I think they're definitely undervalued. And I think if you ask the running backs around the league, they would probably say the same thing.
0: Christian McCaffrey here on the Rich Eisen Show. Tell me about Logan Hale, who he was, unfortunately why we're talking about him in the past tense, and the Logan Project, please,
1: Christian. Yeah. Uh, first off, thanks for letting me talk about this because this is you know something special to to me and and near and dear to my heart. But Logan Hale was a he was a twelve twelve year old boy who unfortunately passed away from cancer, and he was a big fan of mine. And I found out through somebody in the NFL whose nephew went to school with him, and I signed a few items for him while he was in the hospital, and uh, I was pretty touched by his story. And I found out that he had passed away. And he was buried in my jersey and that really hit me. And uh in his obituary, he had come up with the amazing idea that he wanted to create his own charity that provided Xboxes and gaming systems for kids uh across the you know, across the country, across the world so that they could connect with their friends who are at school. That was one of his favorite things to do was, you know, play video games with his buddies at school while he's you know, undergoing treatment and, and undergoing things that no kid deserves to go through. Mm. And so, you know, I, I thought, man, this is a 12-year-old kid who has, you know, he was, he was a football player. He played all different sports. Uh, he was into the arts. He was such a versatile young kid, an impressive 12-year-old boy for, um, you know, for being not even a teenager. And here he is undergoing one of the worst things a kid can go through and thinking of other people and thinking of how he can make other people's lives better. And so I took it upon myself. I'm like, this is the best idea ever from a 12 year old boy. And, uh, and now I want to make his name live on forever. I really do. And I think, you know, when, when you hear stories like that, and when, when you're touched by stories like that, I think it's, it's our obligation to do just that. So that's what we're doing. We're trying to provide Xboxes and gaming systems and into hospitals for children so that they can connect with their friends and, you know, even you know, family time, right? Like, there you can't go into a hospital room uh, all the time. There's there's limited hours where you can do that, and so there's a lot of alone time for these kids. And what a great thing to do to be able to connect them with their buddies, and not just their buddies, but but NFL players and some of their favorite players, just to give them an hour of you know a, a break from the things that they have to go through so normalcy we have a, you know normalcy, yeah, normalcy and and absolutely. connectivity
0: and community and love and right. and 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 maybe take their minds off of the awfulness that's in front of them and yep. maybe give them hope about hey i can't wait to do this when i get out in person with my friend i mean it's beautiful on so right. many levels christian beautiful i, I yeah i, I can't well, applaud we- you enough
1: I uh, appreciate. We're we're so excited about it. We've had so many amazing people help out. Um, there's people with the Xbox team, the Microsoft team, who have been great. Um, people all over the Silicon Valley area who have been so generous with their time and money. And so on uh, on June 3rd, we're having a massive Madden tournament on Twitch. There's going to be eight eight players. Um, some of your favorite NFL players. It'll be guys like my you know myself and Greg Olson oh. are going to be announcing it so that'll be a lot of fun um, and then we'll have uh, Saquon's doing it Von um, Miller's participating uh, Fred Warner will be there, Juju will be there, a lot of big name guys, Austin Eckler's going to do it uh, Galvin Cook, some, some, some big name guys who are, who are going to be able you know, to see who's the best Madden player, but not just that, but raise a lot of money for um, to make this happen, to make Logan's dream come true, and we couldn't be more excited about it, so um, that's June 3rd. It'll be streamed on Twitch and all the details will be all over my social platforms and my foundation platform And so anyone who's wondering where they can donate um, I'll make sure on all my all my Instagram and Twitter and all that. I'll have a bunch of details But we're excited about it
0: as, as well You should the loganbowl.org is the website Tiltify.com slash the is how you can donate and this, you, you'll see a donation from this show in short order, sir This is a beautiful Um, Nothing's more awful, obviously, than a child being sick. And um, to make anything better, normal, and and healthier is exactly the way to go. It's awesome, man. Uh, And again, that's June 3rd, and we'll talk about it all next week, too. We'll do that here as well.
1: Rich, Rich, I appreciate it, man. You got it.
0: Uh, Before I let you go, uh, since we're on the subject of living life to its fullest while we can, uh, one week ago, Christian, I had Burt Kreischer on this program. (laughs) He told a story that is, needless to say, gone viral. Anything he does is viral. But he told a story about you and him uh, after you visited one of his shows and him offering you $10,000 to do to chase you down and get you. Is that is that true, Christian? Is that a true story?
1: That's a true story. What? Yeah. Bert's one of the funniest guys I've ever been around. Yeah. Uh, it was so cool to be able to go to his show and hang out with him a little bit after, but. Those guys can get after it, man. I'll tell you that much. And uh, yeah, what happened <laughs> from your perspective? Into, what happened? He he asked. He said, "Do, do you think it, for ten thousand dollars in this? I don't know. Is it's twenty by twenty-five foot room uh-huh. square foot room? Yeah. Do you think if you gave me? I don't know if it was like three hours or something? <laughs> do, you, do you think?" he could tackle me or like take me down yeah and uh i mean he's, he's in a full sweat let's paint the picture he's in a full sweat mm-hmm. about you know nine to ten beers deep and he's has his shirt off of course and uh is asking me this question mm-hmm. and um for a moment i was like you know what maybe confidence that, with the confidence level you're at right now this you might be able to do that but like I think you'd take ten steps and and you'd be out of breath there's no shot that you could even make it to three hours you take a nap from hour hour and a half to, to two but I, no I told him I was like you know there's there's Bert there's guys that you know, train all year round, get paid a lot of money to try to do that, and uh, still can't do it. So <laughs> I don't know if you got a chance, man. <laughs> we laughed about that. That was, that was a really fun night, man. He's he's an amazing guy. His new movie's out. The machine. That's it. So yeah, everybody should check that out. Um, and uh, but yeah, it was it was a great night with great people.
0: Yeah, he said uh, he, he he acted in a way that made you question what sort of
1: party that it had been turning into. Is what he said. <laughs> I did it. wonder where this was going. He had a serious look in his eye. Like I might have to. Might have to lace up. Yeah. Christian, uh,
0: thanks for the time. Uh, I appreciate it. I'd love to do this more often whenever you want, certainly when you're in Los Angeles. Uh, Congratulations on this idea and you making it happen. It is a beautiful thing, man. The Logan Bowl coming up on June 3rd in honor of Logan Hale to get Xbox to kids in hospitals as they come back from cancer, uh, the Logan Project. Thanks for coming on and talking about it. Rich, I appreciate it, man. We'll right, you, you got it. Thanks again. That's Christian McCaffrey at Christian McCaffrey on Instagram. Check it out on all of his social media pages right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Dynamite, man. <laughs> Dynamite <laughs> conversation. Great. That is a world-class individual and smart guy who is excellent at the football. Back here, 844 rich Number to dial John Harbaugh still to come here on this program. And a what's more likely... on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all all your Bachelor Nation stories, and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Four four two zero oh four. Rich being the number to dial. How about nobody? I, I guess nobody's ever asked Christian McCaffrey about the. Uh, evaluation of the running back position in the NFL, I imagine the reason why is because A, he's 26, and B, he's been paid, right? Correct? So if he's been paid that and he's 26 sense. and he's uh, he's already on, is he on contract two or three, he's got to be one of the one well, of the, the 49ers he's, give him an extension? Then I, he's don't, a, then, I don't, I don't, then I don't he's know. He's on number two. But he's just 26, by the way. And I, I don't know, I would love nothing more than for the running back position to suddenly be respected at a veteran level. I would love nothing more than the longevity that we're seeing at the quarterback position that Brady and maybe hopefully Rogers will show that somehow, some way, running backs can start to Get a third and fourth contract. That if there's a 33 year old running back out there that's running like a deer, that yeah. would be. And I I know that's the look you're giving me <laughs> I mean, right it, now is, is like this said, is yeah. Yeah. that this is this is yeah. more than just a football philosophy. This is Mother Nature this we're talking yeah, about I mean, now. Just Adrian, Father he, Time. Adrian so is 38 and says he's not retired, but nobody's bringing him in for a workout. He's he's an anomaly anyway, though. But it's to me that, you know, it's the Eckler situation. Yeah, that makes no sense. Well, I mean, he got incentives thrown in his contract, which they I'm glad they did do that. Just, hey, you know, we're not going to give you a new deal. We're not going to give you a long-term deal, but we're going to give you a little something that if you do what you've done again, you'll make a little extra cash. What he comparatively in so the world special. of football, I know. And the issue is, is uh, and of course, we had more. If we only had like a, an hour with him, I mean, it was just a great conversation mm-hmm. with Christian McCaffrey right there. And I wanted to get to his beautiful, charitable um event that he's having. Yeah, that was incredible. Too. Uh, coming up in a couple of weekends. But, I mean, I, I have this written down here somewhere in my vast notebook about these running backs. Here they are. I mean, that McCaffrey had 13 touchdowns last year, Derrick Henry 14, Jamal Williams 17, Eckler 18. And Williams got – let they, they let – the Lions let Williams walk, mm-hmm. and Eckler needed to sort of stamp his feet and hold his breath to get a million and a half to $2 million in incentives.
1: Yeah,
0: 1.75. And – you know, I I have Isaiah Pacheco's numbers written down here because he's the seventh-round draft choice that the Chiefs put into their lineup more regularly as the season progressed, along with Jarek McKinnon, and that was the running back tandem of Pacheco pounding you and McKinnon being a red zone out of the backfield threat. He had 830 rushing yards, and they won the Super Bowl, and this kid won a... Uh, scored in that Super Bowl. And that's the point, is that you can draft somebody, one of these kids in the draft this year. Fifth, sixth, seventh round can do what Pacheco did, and you pay him what the Niners are paying Purdy. And you get that this year, then you you, you draft another one, you draft another one, or you're like the Giants, where you got to pay somebody like Saquon Barkley all that money. But comparing, that's what McCaffrey's saying, all that money. Compare it to a wide receiver. Wide receiver's making all more than that. And the running backs touch the ball more than the wide receiver. The wide receiver is dependent on the quarterback finding him in a route. Defense can take that away. Running backs are standing right next to the quarterback. Not a running back game. But McCaffrey's showing you it is. Henry's showing you it is. Uh, Saquon's showing you it is. Saquon, uh, the Giants uh, do not do what they did. I, I, I understand... That, that the Giants made the playoffs, won a playoff game, and their coach wins coach of the year, and Daniel Jones makes $40 million a year now, none of that happens without Saquon Barkley. None of it. None of it. Including Daniel Jones making $40 million. The reason why he didn't get franchise tagged Daniel Jones, and he's now playing on a tag at much less than what he's making is because Saquon was sitting out there and they couldn't lose him. So they signed the quarterback and franchise tagged the running back. And that's why McCaffrey's like the way the free agency's done. And the franchise tag is devaluing the position. And then you got quarterbacks. Justin Fields ran for 1,100 yards last year. And you know who had as many touchdowns As McCaffrey last year, Jalen Hurts put it all together and that's what's going on with running backs. Great conversation with Christian McCaffrey.